So welcome everyone to this edition of Happier Me uh, Live. Today we're going to be talking about happiness. Uh, it's something that all of us want in our lives, but it eludes so many of us. I was once at a school, uh, not a school, actually a university, talking to some students and I asked them, what is it you wanted, uh, what they wanted from their life? And I'm just going to share the screen of what they said. So I don't know if you can see that. Let me just blow that up a bit. So I said, it was 165 students in the audience. And I said, what do you want from your life? And this is like a word cloud. So basically the question goes up on the screen and they can answer it on their phone. And then it comes up as a word cloud. So the biggest thing they all wanted was happiness. So I said, what in our education, what in the education system was helping them to get what they really wanted from life? And they said, education was doing nothing to teach them about happiness. So that's the first thing that we're never taught about the one thing that we really, really want in our lives. The other interesting thing was when I looked at this list, there were so many things that were probably not as important. Like for example, uh, money is really tiny. Um, so we assume that young people want a lot of money, but actually what they really want is to be happy. The other thing I noticed was health was really small in a corner. And I said, how come we, you haven't put health as the number one thing you want from your life? And they said, it's because we already have that. So it's again a clue as to uh, how our minds work, which is that we take what we have for granted and we look for something we don't have. So I said, why is it that you want to be happy? Or why aren't you happy now? And they said, happiness is hard. So what we're going to try and unravel in our conversation today is how can we use our innate intelligence or wisdom to find this happiness in ourselves. So my guest today is John O'Sullivan. He is a counselor here in England and a longstanding friend and traveler uh, with me. So John, welcome. Thank you very much, Manoj. Nice to be invited. Nice to be here. So the format of the afternoon is that John and I will explore some questions together for about 30 minutes. And then we're going to open it up for your comments and contributions, um, which we really look forward to. In the meantime, if you have anything to add, please pop it in the chat and we'll refer to it uh, and weave it into the conversation. Uh, so we're going to be asking a series of questions, which I hope you'll ask yourself too. So John, the first question is, why should we bother? Why? Should we bother exploring this question? Why should we bother? Yes. Who doesn't want to be happy? I yeah. wonder. Yeah. Um, would it be that bringing happiness into our lives makes our lives more worthwhile? Yes. More worthwhile? Yes. Um, and also, I think. There's a lot of research now saying the happier we are, the healthier we are, not mm -hmm. only mentally, but physically. And happier people, there is some evidence that happier people live longer. Uh, if I'm happy, of course, if we're in a relationship, we're going to have a happier relationship. Who wants to be in a relationship with someone who's really miserable all the time? You know? Exactly. Exactly. See? And I think um, when we're happier, we're more productive, we're more... Yes. You know, we're happy in doing what we're doing. It's not 
even well, in companies now, they're learning that about two thirds of their employees are unhappy or disengaged. Mm. And companies where employees are happier are about 20% more productive. So even when it comes to big companies and organizations, it's important that they uh, invest in the happiness of their staff because that directly links to uh, productivity. So this is even in fact, this is even affecting big business and the bottom line. Yes, of course. Yes, yes. But also, I think it's because if we are happy in ourselves, only then we have the capacity to love others. If I have a mind that's already disturbed, preoccupied with myself and my unhappiness, there is no space for me to care about anyone else in my life. And if I cannot care for other people, my relationships are going to suffer. And of course, that's going to rebound on me long term, right? Um, Absolutely. Uh, so um, Jenny says that uh, when we're feeling, um, when we are feeling what we're doing is fulfilling, uh, we are happier. So um, absolutely. Okay. And currently, the Gallup poll estimates that about four in 10 people report being unhappy. Uh, and um, that's, that's a huge number. So there's something we can definitely do about that for ourselves. What are the common causes, John, of unhappiness, do you think, for most people? Common causes would be um, unmet expectations, having expectations of life that aren't being met in our estimation. Um, the job that we're working at, perhaps, we're yes. not happy in our job role. Yes. Um, our health might be suffering. Yes. Struggling with our health. Um, and I guess money is a big one for a lot of people. Especially. Money, money is one of the biggest ones. Yeah. Yeah. And that you might live in people. one of the wealthiest countries in the world. You know, you might be in the United States or the UK, uh, in the top five or six countries in the world. But again, here, the lack of money or the perceived lack of money causes a lot of unhappiness. Right? Lack of money. But even then, when we see people with a great deal of money, um, it doesn't make for happiness. Yes. Because, you yeah. know, I've seen a lot of millionaires stroke billionaires who seem to be very unhappy yes. with their lives. So I read somewhere that at least the poor have the illusion that wealth will bring them happiness. So, but the the wealthy have lost that illusion. So they, they know where to go, you see, and then they don't know what to do. And so... They can take to drink and drugs and, and all of that. Okay, yeah. so there are obviously the outer causes of unhappiness. We, and what we're trying to explore is how can we rise above our circumstances, no matter what they may be, mm. and use our inner resources to be happier. And I think to do that, as we were discussing, John, we need to understand what's going on in our own mind that can contribute to our unhappiness? It's how we look for our happiness. Quite often, we will look for it externally. Yes. 
Yes. We're reliant on something else external to ourselves to bring us happiness. Yes. It's just the way the human mind is wired, right? Mm. That our mind is always looking on the outside for something or somebody to make it feel good on the inside. We Absolutely. haven't learned how to find that spring or resource in ourselves to be happier. And of mm. course, if I'm expecting you to make me happy and you don't, then I'm going to blame you for my unhappiness. Yeah. You could be my partner or my work colleague or my boss or, or my children or my parents, whatever, you know, that might be. And, or it might be that I have an idea that the wealthier I become, the more I acquire, the happier I'll be, which is why people chase wealth, you know, yes. for and if I don't get that, then of course I can get really frustrated, right? Mm. And again, it's the expectations from that wealth as to what that's going to bring. Yes, yes. You know, so you could yeah. have somebody with nothing who just gets a small meal and they're happy with that. Yes. You could and have a billionaire who goes into a restaurant and expecting paying God knows how much for a meal. And then it's, you know, there's some magic ingredient that's missing out of his meal and he's very unhappy, desperately unhappy. So it's directly linked to our expectations. But behind that primarily is this constantly looking outside for yeah. something to make us feel good inside, right? Yes. And the second reason I think why our mind, why we become unhappy is because our mind is automatically reacting to the world around it yeah. without our own awareness. So anything I meet that's different to what I regard as normal creates a reaction in me. And that can cause um, this feeling of unhappiness, you know, whether it's stress or anxiety or anger yeah. or whatever it might be. I mean, Take the current conflict, which is thousands of miles away in the Middle East, but people are directly affected and unhappy as a result of that, because my mind is just automatically reacting to everything it sees in the world. Right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. totally. And how we react as well is linked to our, our own conditioning. Yes, yes. So do you want to expand a little bit on that? Explain what conditioning is, John. Conditioning uh, kind of comes in very early on um, from childhood, most times. And we're conditioned into believing certain things are right, certain things are good, that we have to behave in certain ways, that we have to think certain ways, believe certain things. And, you know, some of the conditioning we're learning right from wrong, you know, and that can be a good thing. But some of it, it's not so good, you know. Some of it, we, we uh, children can end up believing that doesn't matter what they do, what they, what they do with their parents, what they bring, that they're never kind of good enough. So if they're never good enough, they're never happy. Parents aren't happy. And yeah. So conditioning is just all our past influences are stored in our memory without our awareness. So we're not, none of us are aware that we've been conditioned. And yet that determines 
all our reactions, all our opinions, all our beliefs. Yeah, and, it's like a lens that we look through. Yes, and we believe what we think and what we feel is true. Yes. Automatically, right? Automatically, yeah. <laughs> we rarely ever question what we're seeing or thinking uh, in the world. And as a result of that, we can develop, as you said, these negative narratives of ourselves. I'm not good enough um, and so on, or that I'm yeah. not worthy of being loved or, you know, and all our past. So if we've had trauma in the past, we struggle to leave that behind in the past. And it constantly seems to come to the present. You are a counselor. You see a lot of clients with this problem. What are the one or two things that you find really helps them? One of the things, well, there's a couple of approaches here. Um, one of the things that we tend to do is we tend to avoid as humans. So the things that we think are making us unhappy are the feelings that we have carried with us for many years that in our moments of our quiet moments, we feel that unhappiness more intensely. So what we tend to do is avoid. We'll find ways to divert ourselves. We'll, you know, we'll watch TV. We'll go and buy something. We'll, you know, we'll just do anything to try and avoid being with that feeling. So one of my go-tos with people is to start to get them to, to be able to sit with the feeling. Right. To sit with the feeling and... When you do so, this brings in the second part where you're sitting with that in the now, in the present. You become present with that, with you. Instead of avoiding, yes, you, you sit with it and you're, and you're very present with it. Yes. And it might be uncomfortable sometimes, but this is, the more we try to avoid our, say, past suffering. Yes or it kind of follows us around in our lives and creates more. Yes, it just becomes bigger. So you said something really beautiful, John, that whenever, and we all have some memories of pain that we carry, when these memories rise in us, instead of escaping from them, which is our natural instinct, yes, we need to stop that or notice that we're escaping, pause, oh, breathe, be with that feeling as it rises in us. And as yeah. it rises and falls away, and we it leaves us feeling peaceful. Whereas yeah. the more you escape from it, the bigger it becomes in your life. And when we say be with it, we don't mean engaging with it and continuing to think about it or ruminate. It's just yeah, let so it rise. Okay, all right. Let's move on. What about okay. our expectations? Why, how do you think they arise and how can they make us unhappy? Well, again, for our expectations, we're thinking that something else external to us is going to make us happy. If we're not happy within ourselves, we think that by buying something, buy that new top, buy that new car, buy that new house, get that new partner, that somehow yes. that's now going to make us feel happy yes yes all our expectations seem to come from this inner feeling of lack yes call it emptiness the void 
Um, you can give it whatever name you want. Um, some people call it NUE, but it's just, just this feeling of inner restlessness. Yeah. And when we get stimulated by something, someone says something nice, we buy something, we achieve something, all yeah. those things on the outside, for a little while that feeling goes away and so we feel happy. Yeah. And, and I think it's only a, it's a temporary, I, I, it's more like a temporary buzz. It's like a, like a dopamine hit. Yes, yes. Rather than true happiness, true joy. But one thing to make clear is you're not doing this consciously. Mm. Your mind is doing this for you. So your mind is automatically generating all these expectations of yourself, yes. of others, whether it, and then, of course, the longer your list of expectations, the more unhappy you become, and the more you blame others for your own unhappiness, right? That's the interesting thing. Yeah. We've got this kind of, um, a good question to ask ourselves is, if we're saying to ourselves, I'll be happy if, yes, I'll be happy when, then that's giving you a clue that you're looking external or you're looking into the future yes. for that happiness. Yes. Now, the other reason that we can become really unhappy is because we are concerned what other people are thinking about us. Oh, this is a big one. And we, again, it's not we're doing this consciously. It's our mind is doing this unconsciously, automatically. And if you just wake up and realize that that process isn't actually serving us in any way, yeah. then only can we be free, right? Yeah. Comparison is a thief of joy. Yes. That was Eleanor Roosevelt, I think. And again, um, you know, you've got a better car than me, a bigger house, uh, all of that. Uh, yeah. And automatically, I start feeling unhappy. But more than that, blame you for my unhappiness. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're going on a Caribbean holiday. I'm going to Scarborough. Yes. I'm unhappy about this. Yes. Yes. So we're just exploring here the many ways our own mind contributes to our own unhappiness. Of course, there are external causes, no question. But if we can at least deal with the internal causes that make us unhappy, then so much of the uh, re so many of the reasons we are unhappy can be avoided and sort of put to one side. Yeah. Um, so one more thing, particularly in teenagers, John, is our need for external validation. Do you want yeah. to talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, well, teenagers are kind of more pre-wired for this because they're they're building their identity still. And, well, I mean, I suppose we're always building our identity, but particularly in our younger years. And they're comparing themselves against anybody and everybody, how they look, how they act, do they fit in, you know? So it becomes really um, more keenly felt, I think, with, with teenagers. Because um, I say they're not they're getting to know who they are. Yes. And trying to fit into this world. Um, so we're always looking for approval from the outside totally. to feel good about ourselves on the inside. We totally. 
right? From people, from so someone has to give you a compliment, say something nice, or someone didn't notice my new haircut or my new dress, so whatever, and that can cause you know unhappiness, right? Yeah. Um, and then often you'll get people who are who are seemingly made of Teflon, so that if you try to give them a compliment, it won't stick. Yes. Can't take that compliment, and that's why we chase recognition. Yes, you and I were joking how I could be the president of the left thumb society, and you can be the president of the right thumb society. <laughs> we'll get together and form a global federation of thumb societies, or whatever it is. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, just anything <laughs> to get ourselves feeling important. Uh, and getting that sense of recognition or validation from the outside. And it drives so much of human behavior and so much of our unhappiness, right? Because no matter where you get to in life, you're always looking on the outside for something else. You're never satisfied. Right? Yeah. And quite often as well with that comparison, it's not what other people think. It's what we think other people think. Yes, yes. So there's this kind of double blind where we're mind reading what we think other people are thinking about us. And then we're trying to act accordingly in a way that we think that then is going to make them happier with us and make yes. us happy in return. It's very strange. I've had conversations with people where they're saying, I know you're thinking this about me. But I said, I know <laughs> I'm not. But they won't believe it. They're still convinced but their thinking, I'm thinking, is correct. You see what I mean? It's just kind of exciting. I mean, I've checked in with hundreds of clients as I've been working with them. And because one of the processes I'll go through, um, it we go and a true, false, I don't know on particular statements. And so I'll always check with them, right, whether or not they profess to have any kind of psychic ability hmm. to read minds or read the future. And, you know, I've not come across one person yet who can actually read minds or read the future. Yes. Now, but isn't we, that strange? Yes. But a mind does that, again, automatically. And just waking up and realizing, this is not serving me. This is not smart or intelligent or wise. You know, It's just being aware of what the mind is doing. That's what brings the freedom, I think. So what about loneliness, John? About 60% of people feel lonely. And of course, that can be a big driver of unhappiness, can't it? Because again, we're looking, we're looking to be part of something else. I mean, we are community-driven um, species. You know, we, we have that pack instinct, that herd instinct, that we like to be, <clears throat> we feel more close, more ourselves when we're part of something bigger than ourselves. I mean, this is why we congregate into, into small villages and towns and cities and so on and so forth and nations because we we like that connection with people. And connection is great, you know, but, you know, how many times do we have friends who we don't see for months or years, but we still feel that connection yes. to that person, even though we haven't seen them physically? But we time. assume loneliness comes from being with people, but actually 30% of couples and marriages report being lonely. So yeah. it's a feeling of being understood, uh, heard, found, yes. loved. Um, yeah. And I think, 
again, it just comes down to this whole business of expectation rather than saying, hey, what am I giving to this relationship? What am I doing to connect with this person? What am I doing to understand and love this person? That's one of the big things, isn't it? We're just sitting back passively expecting all of this to be loved, understood, heard, all of that. And when we don't get it, we feel unhappy and so on. walking into a relationship with expectations that this other person is going to meet our needs, we haven't got a relationship there. We've got a transaction. Yes. Uh, Liam uh, has just said feeling unheard is different from being unheard. Liam, I'll just hold that thought. I'm going to come back to you and ask you what you meant by that uh, when we finish here. Okay. Lonely, I'm sorry, relationships, John, a huge cause of conflict and unhappiness. What are the common things? Of, I mean, we could go on for all day, but a few things we could talk this about. Is a big subject. Yes. <laughs> What's the core reason why relationships cause so much unhappiness? It can be the unmet expectations that you have in that other person. Because hmm. if you go into a relationship with the expectation that other person is going to fulfill your needs, make you happy, hmm. make you feel whole, make you feel like a, a good person and validate you. But if you haven't been able to validate yourself in the first place, if you haven't been able to accept yourself in the first place, and you're coming into this relationship with a whole bunch of needs and expectations and wants, chances are they're not going to be met. Yes. See, the thing is, we're not even aware that we have this long list of expectations and needs, which we want other people to meet. All we notice is, I'm unhappy, and you're the reason for my unhappiness. Yeah, and we blame. We blame so others. Another but... clue. If, we, if we're blaming, if we're looking external to ourselves, yes, then we continue to suffer. Yes. So our suffering is created in this case also by our own thinking. And so many of our relationships, in fact, almost all of them are transactional. You do this for me, and then I'll do that for you. And those relationships, of course, are going to create, create conflict because there's always going to be a mismatch between what you're expecting and what I'm expecting. And I suppose behind that is our self-interest, which again, we're unconscious of. I mean, we're not aware of so many times, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we just, our mind is always operating from its own self-interest. Whereas to build healthy, loving relationships without conflict, we really need to do the opposite, which is invest in them, be loving, caring, without this whole transactional measurement of what am I getting back all the time, right? Yeah, and I would add to that by saying investing within. Yes, Yes. You know, I think when we're in our previous discussion, one of the things I know for me that was the greatest pivotal turning point in my life mm. was that microsecond that I realized that I didn't need somebody to fix me. Right. I spent a long time looking for somebody like a guru to come and fix me, to put me right, because I felt that there was something wrong. And when I had that moment, that that whatever you want to call it, that blinding flash, that moment of recognition that I didn't need anybody else to fix me, that I was already whole, 
that I was already okay within myself and that so in other words everything that I needed was already within yes that's really difficult for a lot of people who feel unhappy mm. to realize that in them like they have all the resources they need to be happier yeah and I'd spent many years being unhappy yes so I'm going to show people around the human wisdom or the happier me app as it's now called and all the resources we've collected but before we go into that john one more thing that is a huge cause of unhappiness is worry right worry. our mind always assumes that something out there is responsible for my anxiety and about i think in college students it's 4 out of 10 people are anxious you know it's huge numbers yeah yeah and i work with a lot of people again within this anxiety that worry is pretty much epidemic now. Yes. Uh, across more, at least Western society. Yes. But behind what we don't realize is that behind all worry and all fear is a thought. Absolutely. Again, it's a creation of our thinking process. It's a bit like uh, going to a movie theater. And you're seeing all these images on the screen you believe them to be true and you get frightened but you don't see the projector which is actually in your own thinking yeah <laughs> the moment you wake up and realize oh this is just a scary movie all your fears go away but it's again it's all about waking up and realizing your mind is doing this to you yes and to get a handle on what your mind is doing you need to go on this inner journey of learning about yourself and how your mind is working right and then you realize it's the same in all human beings your mind works the same as mine i mean like our hearts do right yeah totally okay. so john now we've covered all this how do you think we can respond with our own inner intelligence and be happier how can we take a handle on our unhappiness what are the few things that we could do i think the first the first thing is to recognize if we have expectations that something else external to us is going to increase our happiness, to recognize that that isn't true. It might give us a buzz, it might give us, you know, let's say a dopamine hit, but it's always temporary. Yes. yes. And the second part of this is to recognize that our happiness is always within. It's never in the future and it's yes. never in the past. It's always right now. Yes. It's always in this present. So whatever we do to get us present, breathe, be in the moment, smell the coffee, smell the roses. Yes. You know, be 100% with that other person. Because if you can't be happy now, it's unlikely that you're going to be happy in the future. Yeah. Right? We'll, we'll think that we've got some kind of utopia or some nirvana that's coming in the future. And people are hoping and praying for this, that things are going to change. But the change happens right now when you're present. If you make your present, so in other words, you can't have a crappy present and a crappy um, mindset, attitude, belief system in the present with the hope that in the future, that's now going to somehow magically transform into some kind of utopia. Yes. So if you're not happy with what you have right now, 
you're unlikely to be happy with what you'll get, you know, right. in the future. But also to realize that our mind naturally focuses on what it doesn't have. We take right. what we already have for granted. So I think one of the uh, things we can do is just to be grateful. We have to do this consciously because our mind doesn't do it naturally, right? Yeah. Teaching ourselves to be grateful. Yes, so and, important. And, like, and we've got so much to be grateful for. From the moment you wake up, grateful that you can breathe, yes. grateful that you've got a beating heart, grateful that you've just woken up out of a comfortable bed, grateful that you've got a roof over your head, grateful that you've got clothes that you can wear, that you've got a shower that you can walk into, that you've got a toilet that you can use, grateful for all of these things, anything and everything. But I think it's always important to start with us first. Yes. Start with no, our health. When I worked as a surgeon for 30 years, John, and I saw lots of people, you know, towards the end of their lives, and they were gasping for breath. Mm -hmm. They just... They just wanted another hour, another half hour. Doc, can you do something? Give me, you know, help yeah. me. And yeah. if you have nothing to be grateful for, just stand and hold your breath for three minutes and see how that feels. <laughs> and realize how, you know, for people who, who struggle to breathe, mm -hmm. then, you know, so be uh, having the ability to breathe is is so important. It's yeah, always something, nice. what we're saying that we we can be, grateful for yeah um i think one more thing is to notice our inner emptiness and make our peace with it yeah right? because so much of our unhappiness comes from trying to escape from that yeah and do you know this kind of I, I know this is something we've talked about before but when we when we look at the very makeup of human beings when we look at the very makeup of everything around us everything that's consisting of atoms yes and when we look inside of an atom when scientists have got their electron microscopes and such within an atom there's space yes, yes. lots of it yes. in fact 99 percent of the atoms that make us up is space yes so we are a reflection of the universe around us yes I read somewhere a French philosopher, I think it was a Pascal said, all man's problems begin because he's not able to sit in a room comfortably alone by himself. Yeah. Uh, or with himself. Um, There's a room you can go to somewhere, I can't remember where it was now, but it was a room where it's completely blacked out and it's completely blocked of sound. So when you go into this room, you've got complete isolation from anything. And people have gone in this room and they can only stand a few minutes in this room because they're so blocked out from any kind of um, influence. Yes. Because literally sound is dead. Everything is, nothing is happening. And they can only literally, you know, manage this for a moment or two. Yes. So this ability to be self-aware, to be able to question our thinking, to... Uh, find that stillness in ourselves, to yes. be comfortable with our own inner restlessness or emptiness. Yes. I think that is a great foundation for a happier, happier life, right? You had a comment that was I found interesting. Do you want to expand on that, please? Yeah, I think it, 
it really just aligns with a lot of the things that you were saying that I, I think, you know, your own interpretation of what's happening um, it is far more powerful than what actually is happening. Right. And, uh, yes. You know, you were talking about feeling unheard and I think it's just such a different experience than actually being unheard. And, and it works both ways. If you, if you think you're being heard when you aren't, um, you, you are setting yourself up for a lot of disappointment and disillusionment. Um, because you you are placing whatever it is that you are holding on to, because most of the time those feelings of things like, um, you know, I, I think they're hearing me is is probably your own desire to to be heard by an individual instead of just realizing that a lot of that should live primarily in you. And, and the other thing is I was listening, I think that one of the things that we're going to see is this continues to accelerate as we have a um, a group of individuals that have now grown up uh with a with a dopamine response mm-hmm. from uh social media that impacts their own well-being is attached to how many little thumbs up happen whenever they post um and you yes. do that for a long enough period of time um i think we're going to have a generation of of 20 year olds uh, i think we're just starting to see that uh, that don't honestly know how to be happy at all. Um, yes. they, they don't even understand what happiness means. Um, so I certainly don't think this is something that's going to be new. I think all of us have some some trauma, you know, whether it's um, it's real trauma or it's imagined trauma really doesn't matter because what's real to you is real to you. Um, but these, these next up growing kids don't have any way to deal with that at all to understand how to get past some of that stuff. So I think this is going to be one of those things that continues to expand as we start to understand the the evolution of this next generation of of the instant gratification um, for self worth. Yes. So Liam, you said two really beautiful things there. One is that our perception of a situation determines our reality, and at all times we can ask ourselves if there's another way of looking at the same situation. Is somebody really thinking bad things about me or whatever it might be? So my reality, which is perceived reality that's making me unhappy, is it real or isn't it real? That's the one thing. But I think also really important what you highlighted about social media and how it gives and why it's become an addiction in so many places, because it gives you that small dopamine hit all the time. And it just reinforces what the mind is doing anyway, which is looking on the outside for something to make it feel good on the inside. And and again, what we are trying to do with this project is to bring the self-awareness into education. So people realize, at least they understand what self-awareness is. I mean, a lot of people have no idea that there is a world inside them that they need to explore if they want to grow as human beings and flourish in the world. I think what we've been exploring is how our unconscious or subconscious mind and the way it functions is responsible for so much of our unhappiness. Our mind that compares, our expectations, we're looking on the outside for stimulation, achievement, possessions, buying things, all of that. And we've forgotten how to rely on our own inner resources to be happier. Quite often we don't even know that we've got those inner resources. Yes, yes. And, and that's really the whole that. purpose of this project uh, and the app, which is to give people the resources to say, hey, 
here's a jewel in your hands that you can use to be happier in your own life and flourish in the world. And it comes from understanding your mind, which is actually automatically reacting to the world and contributing to your own unhappiness without your own awareness or understanding, right? Yeah. All right, well, thank you very much, John, and all our guests from around the world who've joined us this afternoon. And uh, I will share this recording with everyone um, and um, have a lovely weekend. Thank you. Thank you very much for inviting me. Thank you. This podcast came to you from Happier Me. To find out more, please download the Happier Me app or visit happierme.app. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye.